the truth is, is that we know what entrepreneurs need. Entrepreneurs need to be supported. They need to know that their ecosystem is going to help them find new markets, help them find funding, and help them find talent. Our goals are to, to be to continue to supply and help supply uh, those needs to entrepreneurs, whether they're in Boise or the state of Idaho, or in some cases, even regionally. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us to learn more about local entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers and to hear their origin stories that inspire us and empower us to pursue our own dreams. We have a plethora of amazing businesses here in East Idaho and across our beautiful state, and I love the opportunity to get to know them better. Today, I'm so fortunate to have two Boiseans join us to talk about the great things happening all over the state and with Boise Entrepreneur Week, which you may formally know as Boise Startup Week. Welcome Nick Krabs, co-chair of BEW, and founder and chief community officer Vinyl, and TM Rastigar, co-chair of BEW and executive director of Trailhead Boise. And TM, hopefully I didn't ruin that too much, even though I practiced. Um, here we are. Hey, by All my right. ears, you did great. So Okay, good. <laughs> well, th well, thanks so I much for having us. Come on. Yeah, thank you guys for being here. We appreciate it. Um, Nick, let's start with you. I want I would like for you to share with the audience what your company Vinyl is, what your role is. Tell us a little bit about Vinyl. Yeah. So Vinyl is a software product consultancy, which is a whole lot of words to say that we build software for other people. Um, and so companies approach us uh, sometimes with something that's already in motion and they need uh, engineering talent or design or strategy talent um, around bringing that product to market. Um, these days, we're mostly working in the med tech space, the fintech space, and insurance. And so, you know, it really is a lot of fun. Um, I think over the seven years we've been doing this, we've launched something like 200 to 250 different software projects, um, you know, all over the United States and really all over the world at this point. Um, so that's kind of the day job. Um, what I do at Vinyl and is uh, mostly I, I spend most of my time out in the community figuring out how we can have impact partnering with organizations like Trailhead. Um, you know, it certainly is a little bit of a, a BD strategy, but we believe that all boats rise and, and being out in the community and doing good works alongside other community partners is a great way to make sure that the, the cities that we live, work, and play in are thriving. Great. So that leads us to TM with Trailhead Boise. Can you please explain your role there um, and what Trailhead is? Sure. Yes. Thank you. I'm the executive director. And I've been there for about just over three years now. Trailhead is a 501c nonprofit friendly neighborhood startup incubator, which is, I'm going to steal this from Nick, a whole lot of words to describe the fact that we help people start and grow businesses so that they can create jobs and make a positive impact in our community. And so what we have is we have two co-working spaces in downtown Boise that we pretty much treat as a commodity and anchor and around those anchors our value proposition is distilled into um, a mentorship program educational programming for early stage founders experiential learning in terms of pitch competitions and other events 
And we're also very active in terms of ecosystem building, which is in part what we partner with, um, with Vinyl and Nick here and putting on Entrepreneur Week. Thank you so much. It's, um, I would love to spend the next hour just getting to know you guys' business, but we're not really here to talk about that specifically because both of you guys are your co-chairs of Boise Entrepreneur Week. And as I mentioned before, it used to be Boise Startup Week for those of you who might know that name better. But how did you both get involved in Boise Entrepreneur Week and, and why? What, what was the genesis of that? So I tell this story a few different ways. Do you want the real answer or the one that sounds like really politically correct? No, <laughs> no, I want the real answer. <laughs> the real answer. Okay. So the real answer is uh, Startup Week, the, our former name uh, has been going on. This is, is going into our sixth year. Um, and the very first year, the municipality ran it. So the city of Boise, trying to jumpstart some economic activity, uh, decided they were going to run a startup week. And they approached Vinyl about sponsorship. They knew that we like to invest in this kind of stuff. Um, and so they approached us. Uh, I wrote a check kind of on the spot and said, you know, here we go. We're, we're going to help. Uh, and then I went to the first event and it was a valiant effort. <laughs> right uh, by the city good thought <laughs> you know so i i never do this i'm not this vindictive of a person i swear but i like wrote this like five page manifesto on how you fix this and sent it to them and thinking like mic drop i'm done right <laughs> <laughs> oh you should have known better than oh that. Uh, well, uh, yeah i should have known better i've learned my lesson uh with this anyway so i sent this you know manifesto on how you fix it how you make it better how you grow it how you make it work for the ecosystem how you make it support entrepreneurs all the things that are important to running an event like this um and they uh they asked me if i'd run it so um you know, I had a couple conditions. I said I was only going to do it for two years. Here I am five years later. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Trailhead had to be involved. That was very important to me that our, you know, public co-working space was involved and a part of the process and and thus a co-chair. Uh, at the time, team was not the executive director. He, he came on a couple of years later. Um, and humble beginnings. I mean, from that first year, there was 175 attendees. Uh, the last time we ran an in-person event um, was 2019, and we had 3,400 attendees. So big leaps. I mean, we give away almost $100,000 in prize money on pitch competitions every year. Um, you know, and it's it was a it's a big jump from what it had originally started with. And and really, I credit that to the community that circles around us. Almost every you know, major company in the city of Boise and some from all over the state sponsor this event. Uh, they bring expertise, volunteering, um, you know, and that's everyone from Albertsons and Simplot and Micron and, 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 and that, that really help us put this event on. Uh, and then a team of volunteers. I mean, there's 55 volunteers that work on this thing for, you know, six months. Um, and so it's it's a it's a pretty big effort. We we do now get to claim we're the largest event of this type in the state of Idaho. So hurrah, <laughs> success! Um, yes, good. And and that's really how it came about. And I think you know for us we wanted to be something different. Uh, you know we we've all been to the normal suit and tie business conference where you know you have cocktails, you network, you see a couple sessions, you see a keynote, and you go home, and then you pretty much forget every single thing that you went there for because we've been to that conference a hundred times, right? Our conference, I mean, in a normal year, we do corporate dodgeball tournaments. We have live bands that play. I mean, we're really trying to be, in some regards, the anti-conference. 
Um, and that's worked very well. I think that the city was hungry for that kind of energy and, and we played right into it. So, um, you know, now going to our sixth year, we're doing another hybrid event this year. Um, so, you know, I think the energy is a little different in those, but we saw the one that we did last year. Um, it had, you know, great attendance. We got, we hear over and over that people got a lot from it. Certainly the entrepreneurs that won money, um, got to launch their businesses. And so that was, we were really excited about that, being able to continue to do that kind of behavior. Um, and the one difference is this year, we are going to get together in person one day. We do have one event that we're going to do outside at Jump, which is our block party, uh, because the truth is we miss everyone's face, you know, just like you do. Right. Um, yeah, but, right. Uh, so anyways, that's, that's the, that's a little bit of the story about how it came about. I didn't start talking yeah. about this year. I was cheating into this year's conversation. <laughs> Well, Tim, it sounds like you were kind of drug along whether you wanted to be a part of this or not. Is that true? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm glad you put it that way. No, <laughs> uh, no I'm just kidding. No, my story with, with formerly Startup Week and Entrepreneur Week is, is a, doesn't go as far back as Nick's. Um, but I do have to, to give Nick a lot of credit and, and I get to blame him for, for dragging me into this. But all jokes aside, in 2018... I was employed at uh, Vacasa, and they have a local office here in Boise, and they're a vacation rental management company. Um, at the time, Vacasa was looking and struggling to find um, talent, particularly in our on our engineering team. We needed computer scientists and product managers, and so I worked in the corporate development department, which is basically the department that buys other businesses. In other words, a very secretive, um, highly confidential. Um, even between our department and other departments within the same company. And so one day, uh, I had never heard of Startup Week or Trailhead or, or Nick for that matter. <laughs> and uh, one day I noticed... Of like, course, that's the most surprising part. It hasn't heard of me. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I was just living on the rock. Uh, that, that's, that's what it was. Um, but, you know, one day outside, you know, 14, 15 strangers... Um, walk through our, our quarters. And uh, like I said, e you know, e even some of our own uh, colleagues that weren't part of our department would get uh, asked to, to be cautious when around uh, that kind of information. Anyway, so 14 strangers, you know, rings the alarm. I shut my laptop and I noticed uh, one of our recruiters was, was with them. Um, and yeah, I've seen recruiters give tours before, typically to one person that they're interviewing and not to 15. So I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, are these city folks? Are these, who are these people? So that was my question. I go, who are these people and why are they here? And uh, I, I remember her saying, well, they're the startup week. I was like, startup week this doesn't ring a bell and it doesn't justify them being here. <laughs> so they did, they left. Um, and sure enough, you know, it didn't take 10, 10 minutes. And, and here they are coming back through our space again. Um, because our space was co-located right next to the snack room and where the beer keg was. So there was reason. Oh, I see. There was motivation. There was motivation. There was <laughs> even more context to it. That you got to keep the corp dev guys happy. You always yeah. put them next to the, the beer <laughs> Got it. Really, the corp dev guys have to bring in people from other departments that we otherwise tick off and, and keep them happy too. But essentially, I went back out and I said, okay, so what's going on? This is unacceptable. I was on the phone. Maybe they heard this. Can we trust them? Um, and she said, you know, everything is cool. They're from, and all I remember is hearing Startup Week. And I thought it was maybe a company or some kind of organization. 
And, and I didn't think about it until the next day because literally the next day, those 14 people, at least 12 of them, showed up and said, we're your new coworkers. And I said, come again? Uh, yeah, we, we, just, we were let go from Ballyhoo yesterday. And at a you know moment's notice, we joined this thing called Boise Startup Week. And part of what they did is they walked us through all these tech companies in downtown Boise and gave us a tour of their, their building, showed us you know the ping pong room, the gaming room. We saw your keg room. And so, you know, that was my first experience with startup. We didn't think anything of it other than I have 14 new colleagues and um, hit it off with a couple of them. And so fast forward to when I decided to make a job transition uh, and I accepted the executive director role, uh, my board, either amnesia or through just infinite wisdom, did not tell me about this thing called Boise Startup Week. And and more importantly, they didn't tell me that it was going to be in six weeks uh, from when I took the job. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal, right? So um, the way I found out is, you know, Nick was banging on the doors, just couldn't couldn't wait to meet the new executive director at Trailhead and, and, and t- you know, tell me all about his perspective and vision and, and goals for this ecosystem here, which he and his company, they deeply care about. And so anyways, Nick and I met, and that's how I found out that he goes, yeah, by the way, you're the co-chair of this thing called Startup Week. And I remember then going... The bearer of good news. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, it seemed, it didn't seem like good news because I couldn't place it and and I didn't know really what it meant. Um, But I did remember 14 Strangers, like I had this odd connotation with Startup Week, right? 14 Strangers, shut my laptop, so I was kind of... Like, what is going on? I, I heard him out. I, I really tried to wrap my head around it and ask him decent questions without completely, you know, giving away. I have no idea what you're talking about. And so after getting my head wrapped you around it. You didn't want to offend Nick right off the bat. No, I didn't know what I was in for. <laughs> and if I really wanted to offend him, I didn't know him, uh, let alone. He was more like, who's this crazy guy walking into my space, telling him that I'm in charge of something now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drinking the beer. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, Trailhead. You didn't have beer at Trailhead. No, like, like he wasn't on my board. Why, why does he get to tell me what I'm supposed to do in six weeks from now? And so I actually reached out to my board. I said, hey, what's going on? I heard about this thing, Startup Week. Nick Krabs was here. And they go, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's this event that we participate in, which is very different than, than what it's grown into. It's, it's more, more than just participation on Trailhead's part. And so, you know, at the time, just to be completely honest with you, I had so much on my plate because, you know, you're drinking from a fire hose the first 90, 180 days on a, on a new job, especially if you're, you know, the executive director, fairly young nonprofit, um, doing okay you know, fairly small team, lots of lots of work to do. And so I, I saw this as a as a curse. And I said, this is ridiculous. I can't handle this. I don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time was my first knee jerk. But then I got to know Nick a little bit more. I, I looked at some, you know, some artifacts online. And in those days, there weren't a whole lot of videos of a startup week like there or entrepreneur week slash startup week like there are now. And so I just kind of looked at Startup Week as, as my chance to go to the dance with Nick and get to know Nick and partner up with him and, you know, help him out. Really, that's how I looked at it. Uh, but yeah, three weeks into it, I knew exactly what I stumbled upon, which was the best start I could have to my tenure at Trailhead 
I mean, talk about rolling up your sleeves shoulder to shoulder with over 70 sponsors, partners, you know, over 100 volunteers, all from this the community that I'm supposed to manage, lead, and grow going forward. Well, what better way to start start my tenure than in a partnership role? You know, shoulder to shoulder, right next to them, working on a thing together and getting to know one another. So, like I said, it went from a curse to a blessing pretty quickly, and ever since then, it's just been it's just been bliss. So that's that's my story and how I stumbled on being a, a co-chair uh, next to Nick here. Well, it's pretty fun to watch both of you guys and what you're doing. But I do have to ask you, what's what the heck with the name change? Because now we're all confused. We're calling it Startup Week, but it's Entrepreneur Week. So tell me a little bit about how that happened. We're testing you, actually, is what it is. No, we're seeing <laughs> you how You should be nimble. testing Tim because he's <laughs> the one that can't remember. That was true. That was true. <laughs> once. Yeah, we basically have a swear jar for every time TM says the wrong name. Got uh, it. I'm going to be a rich man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, so uh, listen, it, the truth is, is that the name Startup Week was always very aspirational about our community. We knew that Idaho didn't have a super strong startup ecosystem, but it did have a lot of, an ecosystem of a lot of entrepreneurs. And so we started off by trying to see if we could be very aspirational about bringing some startup culture and injecting it into an event. Um, and I think those those goals were lofty and were largely met. But if you look back at everything that we've done for the last five years, the truth is, is that we're largely just serving entrepreneurs, regardless of whether they're startup entrepreneurs or whether they're, you know, a small mom and pop business that will never take funding. Like, if you really look at who we're serving, the kind of content that we put together, it's really general entrepreneurship content. And so, you know, we, we focus groups a little bit, we worked with a marketing company, we thought about how do we broaden the impact and awareness of what we're doing. And that was one of the biggest changes that bubbled up from those processes is, is, you know, let's see if we can speak to the larger entrepreneurial ecosystem. And the truth is, is Idaho has a very strong entrepreneurial ecosystem. If you're just looking at entrepreneurs, there's an attitude here about, you know, doing it yourself, getting it done. Um, that's, that's ingrained in our culture. And so now we're trying to, you know, really align with what we were doing anyways, just in our name. Um, so I think it's confusing this year, but you know, next year, everyone's going to forget we were even called Startup Week. And BEW, it flows off of the tongue pretty easily. So I think it's going to be a good good transition. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you didn't call it BEW because we, we get a lot of like, BEW, 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 you know, like. That's my <laughs> so, BEW. You don't yeah. remember us by saying BEW. Yeah. I don't mind the Star Wars Association at all, but like, you know, I mean, it's still it's better as That's BEW. It. I can, I'm picturing a t-shirt with lightsabers and pew, pew, pew below it or something like that. <laughs> and I'm sure Lucas Enterprise will sue the pants off us, but it'll be, mm-hmm. it'll be worth the joke. I'm pretty so sure. So worth it. So just to, <laughs> well, to, just to add to what Nick said about the name change, um, he, he said it very well. I, we, we, we believe it's more authentic to Idaho at the end of the day and that we're just widening the funnel. This is a more inclusive name, if you will, because sort of alludes to what Nick said earlier, but you could be an entrepreneur, a very good, successful, willing to share knowledge kind of entrepreneur, but not have anything to do with startups. So by calling it Startup Week, we're completely missing out on you and getting your attention and getting you involved and getting you engaged. And so, you know, widening the tent poles is kind of what this name change represents to me. So I appreciate that. You know, I think about um, the name Boise Entrepreneur Week, 
And it does lead me to believe that we're talking more about the western side of the state than the eastern side of the state. But is it your intention that anyone across Idaho mm-hmm. oh, can yeah. participate or will participate in this? Well, and the truth is, is the event has grown large enough that it's it's become a regional event, regardless of just Idaho. 26% of our attendees in 2019 came from outside of the Treasure Valley. Um, and some as far away from Georgia, Chicago, Seattle, Salt Lake, Bay Area, Los Angeles. I mean, we had people coming from all over the place. Last year, we had someone register for a VIP ticket in Spain, which meant that we had to internationally ship a VIP package to them. Yes, you did. And we did it. We shipped it. We were like, all right, here we go. We're happy. That's to do awesome. It. So, um, yeah, it's really yeah, become a regional custom. event. Um, if you look at our pitch competition winners, and we do run five different pitch competitions, uh, only two of them are from the Treasure Valley. All the other ones are coming from North Idaho, or uh, so we've had two from Seattle that have won, which grinds my gears a little bit because, you know, our Idaho entrepreneurs should win those, but uh, right. we have had two Seattle winners now. Um so, I mean, it really is becoming a regional event. And we, of course, want to invite uh, participation from all over our state. Um, we have a great relationship with North Idaho and and certainly with INL kind of over and near you guys. We have some relationship in Eastern Idaho, but that's probably our next big growth area is to try and reach out to to more um, kind of regional players uh, to, to get participation in, in Entrepreneur Week. Yeah, Renee, I think to add to that, last year really opened up some doors in terms of, you know, obviously it was it was a downer, but it also uh, created some opportunities. What I'm talking about is the fact that we went from an in-person event with, you know, 4,000 people to a hybrid event. Being a remote-based remote or digital event really allowed us to penetrate into markets that were far away. You know, it prohibits someone that lives a six-hour drive away from us to get in their car and come down and join us for one event. And so we were able to break some of those barriers down. In terms of the partnerships that allowed us to, to expand the reach statewide as well as the universities, you know, I mean, U of I, ISU, Boise State, CWI, College of Idaho, and I'm probably forgetting a few. BYU, BYU. in Rexburg, yeah. BYU. Yeah, BYU. And so those have historically been part of Startup Week and now also Entrepreneur Week. And as we were pondering the name change, I actually, uh, I suggested, I said, why don't we call it Idaho something rather, you know, Idaho Startup Week or Entrepreneur Week. And so, you know, my take on that is the fact is that the event, when it's in its normal state and it's an in-person event, it happens here in Boise. We mostly fundraise here in Boise, though we then turn around and try to engage a bigger audience. And to Nick's point, I think going forward, um, whether hybrid or in-person, there's all kinds of ways to, to spread the love and get other parts of Idaho engaged, whether that's through remote participation or you know maybe some kind of balkanization of the event and having, having regional sub-events that then lead up to the, to the annual event. You know, what that looks like, we're pretty open to, but we know, we know a few things. You know, the state of Idaho is already participating, whether we called it Boise Entrepreneur Week or Idaho Entrepreneur Week. But we also know that we can do better uh, going forward. And, and we look to our partners, some of which Nick mentioned, that are located in those areas to really be the boots on the ground. So we don't show up and try to tell folks where you live, this is how it's done. Come see us. We want to work through 
you know, the, the local, the advocates and the boots on the ground champions that are already in those communities doing the same work that we do. Yeah. Well, you know, I do think there's definitely a vision for what that could look like. There's a lot happening in East Idaho and with the I-15 corridor, um, you know, we're, we, we're positioned to do some um, great things over here and it, it, and it will take that collaboration. So it's exciting to hear. And, you know, it, I'm kind of just giving you guys a bad time because we know that we have been able to participate and be a part of it. In fact, um, Rob Pilecki, you know, is our local little celebrity from Pocatello, oh, yeah. who's now moved to Utah, but we won't talk about that. But Oh, I, I have teased oh, let's him relentless. Let's talk about that. Yeah, because <laughs> I gave the hard sell on Boise and I was like, yo, and he comes up here all the time. He comes over to my farm and we hang out and I've been giving uh, him a lot, a, of, a lot of crap about moving to Utah. So. Right. Well, we'll still claim him, I guess. But, you know, you we know that he um, you know, was part of the he won part of that pitch competition and, and took that money towards his, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, washy toilet seat idea. And so it's been fun to see him. Um, so, yeah, we appreciate being a part of that and and know, you know, that I think we need to get more people involved in this side of the state with what you guys are doing. So that's great. So speaking of the pitch competition, tell me a little bit about that. Um, you said you give nearly a hundred thousand dollars away. What, what exactly is the pitch competition and who, who does that? Well, so first we gave you a name change. Now I'm going to describe five different pitch competitions that we run. <laughs> okay. I so, can't keep track of all this stuff. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, I mean, the, the truth is in a typical year, we're running over 120 events in five days and we basically run a pitch competition every day. Uh, and but they're all different. They have a different focus, and uh, there's a different purpose to each one of them. Um, and you know, when we total it out this year, we'll give away over a hundred thousand dollars. I think our total right now is about a hundred and thirty thousand dollars that we'll give away as as prize money. Um, and so there's our our main pitch competition, which is kind of a, a catch-all. It's it's you know one of our marquee events, um, and that's the one that Rob won two years ago. Um, is is the pitch competition. This year, we're doing a version of that called the two-minute drill. Uh, normally, a pitch is you know five minutes with a couple minutes of Q&A afterwards. This year, we're doing it in two-minute segments, which is nuts. Uh, the reason why we're doing it that way is because we've partnered with the Amazon Prime and Bloomberg TV show, The Two-Minute Drill, um, which you can go Google that real quick, um, because the winner of Boise Entrepreneurs Week's pitch competition will go and pitch in the finals uh, for season three uh, oh, on that's that TV great. show. And so, uh, you know, really excited. And they're bringing some judges up to Boise. Um, and, uh, you know, we're really excited to have our, our entrepreneurs have yet another chance to go uh, raise money. And they, they win $50,000 if, uh, if they win that pitch competition in addition to um, what our price package is. So that's kind of one. Um, and each year, you know, we're, we're working on that pitch competition next year. I think we have a VC firm who's asked if they can just make an investment in the winner. Um, and so I'm negotiating that right now and that will be 2022's pitch competition. Wow. Um, the other one we do, I'll let TM talk about trail mix. Let me get through the other ones and then I'll let TM do trail mix since that's his baby. But, um, the other ones we do is we do a youth innovation challenge, which is a reverse pitch competition. Uh, this is for high school and college students for them to earn some scholarship money. Can't ever hate on scholarship money. And we have problem statements that uh, community organizations uh, put forth and they um, 
build solutions to those problem statements. They have a month to work on it. So we launch it during startup week. And then sometime in November, they have to send us back their response videos. Um, and last year we had the city of Boise, Chibani, city of good, Idaho department of health and welfare, you know, a handful of, uh, INL did a problem video. Um, and then the students get to view these problem videos, pick a problem that they want to solve and send us a video back about how they would go about it. Um, and so that's, we're, we're really excited about that. A big tenant of entrepreneur week is we think setting the ecosystem up for the future is, is one by engaging with high school and college students, showing them that this is a, a place that we want their engagement and, uh, showing them how to, to get on that boat and start being an entrepreneur. Um, let's see the other, the other ones we have are, these are Boise state ones that are uh, integrated. So we have hacking for home building, which is a construction and uh, home building pitch competition. Um, it's a really cool one. The Each of the teams that pitch, I mean, they're coming up with some pretty crazy stuff that help the efficiency of home building. And we know that housing in the state of Idaho is, is going to continue to be a problem. So anything that can be done to make that process more efficient. And, uh, you know, one of the teams last year, they, they weren't the winners, but I was really impressed by them because their whole pitch was about policy. They were uh, essentially pitching a policy advocacy company that would go and help cities make better zoning policy to uh, incentivize home building. So there's wow. a lot of different ways to, to tackle and, and angles to tackle that problem. It's also a space that isn't known for being overly innovative. So having a pitch competition around it, I think, is a way to you know, put a thumb on the scale. Um, the next one is a new one. We're piloting this one this year. It's a cybersecurity um, pitch competition that, that Boise State's doing. Again, another problem that's going nowhere, right? I mean, it's going to continue to to be something that uh, companies need to be innovative around, startups need to be innovative around, and people who have good ideas need to have a platform to pitch right. them. Um, the one that we did have to drop this year, and I'm going to mention it because it's it's impractical to do it in a hybrid format, but it's also my favorite pitch competition. Um, is our elevator pitch competition. So this is a partnership we do with University of Idaho. This, this one's so much fun. We have 40 to 50 judges in a room. And uh, in 2019, we did it. We had 250 teams show up to pitch. These are napkin ideas. So how it works is you have an hour and a half in a room and you only get a minute to pitch each one of the judges and you're trying to pitch as many as you can. They're all at like bar high tables and they give you a score after each pitch. And so I walked into the room planning to be a judge and I said, nope, I'm pitching. So I jumped in and pitched myself, uh, which was a ton of fun. I made the idea up at the door and, and I didn't even win. I took fourth. I didn't even, oh, I didn't man. place. I know how terrible. So anyways, <laughs> that's a really fun one. Kind of on a hiatus. Well, next time we can do an in-person event, we'll make sure we do that, uh, that uh, pitch competition again. Um, it's a very unique way to really just validate an idea really quickly before you invest really anything except a napkin in it. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, it just sounds so exciting that all of these opportunities, especially for students. And so I understand that trail mix is more around the uh, restaurant or food um, mm -hmm. industry. So is that the last one that we're going to talk about? Or do yes. you have more, Nick? Okay. Yeah, trail, trail mix is the last one on the list. Briefly, I will say, so the Youth Innovation Challenge that Nick mentioned, the reverse pitch competition for collegiate and high school students, that's open to uh, students from all across Idaho. So that, that's one. And on the Boise State uh, Hacking for Home Building pitch competition, while last year that was only open to students, Boise State opened that one up to the public as well. So students and non-students. Great. So again, widening the tent pole, that's kind of a theme there. 
But yeah, let me tell you about Trailmix. Trailmix is, um, in essence, a food product pitch competition aimed at early stage food product entrepreneurs, you know, CPG companies who may find themselves at supermarkets or making something at home under a cottage license, um, but really are either ready, willing, or hungry for the next step and take their product to supermarket shelves nationwide, which is where uh, Trailhead's partner Albertsons comes in. So Trailmix is structured as follows. The main event is a pitch competition, Shark Tank style. We have five finalists that get up in front of judges and, um, and give them a pitch as to why they should be on Albertsons shelves. And um, in parallel to that, we also have something that's in, in normal years, I'm going to call it, we have uh, what we call a showcase, which is basically um, a really loud, ruckus, and good-tasting um, food exhibition that also uh, takes place at, at Trailhead. And really what happens there is, you know, we'll have 30 to 40 applicants. Five of them really are the cream of the crop, and they're ready to pitch. The rest still wants a piece of it and wants to get in front of Albertson, so they'll get the exhibit. And so the winner of the pitch competition of those five finalists then wins $20,000 in cash. And almost more importantly, um, they win shelf space at Albertson's at the Broadway store. Wow. And, you know, if sales go well there and, and things grow mutually there, uh, that could be their springboard to you know, nationwide or regional and then nationwide distribution, but for retail, which is a big deal and, and, and a big gap for a lot of these early stage food product entrepreneurs. You know, a, a CPG firm, a company that makes a cheese or a chorizo that's at a, at a farmer's market currently, you know, every Saturday, it's just a very different ball game to deal with an Albertsons as a buyer, right. um, not just from the requirements, the quantities, but you know, most of the time, the winners that get the twenty thousand dollar check are just gasping for air. They're using that twenty grand to fulfill and buy materials to fulfill an order from Albertsons. And so, while twenty grand sounds like a lot, and they get to take a nice break after they win, they basically have to turn around and put that money to work. Yeah, but, right. and, so, well, and, and starting uh, starting two years ago, we made the trail mix winners send us pictures of what they bought with their winnings and so it's really fun to see them next to like the big new cistern or like a huge order of almonds or like whatever it was <laughs> that they needed for their business to take that next leap and so i've been like collecting them so i have a little slideshow of all the trail mix winners here's what i spent your money on thing <laughs> so it's pretty fun well the other great thing is in the swag bag i know for at least last year there were samples of some of these things right mm -hmm. we had a yeah. vinegar and a berry protein. I'm probably can't remember these. No, things. you're right. That's yeah. exactly right. We had almonds. And then there were and, almonds. Yeah. 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 So that's also fun because we get to have a little taste test. Even if it's virtual, we got a little taste test. Well, it's, it's fun for me when I walk into an Albertsons or even other stores now, sometimes the co-ops or some of these other stores have it, you know, down the road and I'll see the products and I'll be like, oh, hey, you know, you know, it's right there on the store shelves. I'll usually buy one just because. Um, but it's really cool to, to, you know, see the effect of this pitch competition as it plays out and these companies being successful. Uh, and I should mention for everyone listening, if you're interested in pitching in any of these competitions, uh, the applications are live right now on our website at boiseentrepreneurweek.org. Um, you just go to the participate uh, tab in our main navigation and you can go to any one of these pitch competitions and submit an application. Uh, we're keeping them open through the, the 15th of September. So there's not really that many more days here that you can uh, 
that you can do it. But, um, you know, we're always excited to see uh, these applications come from, again, all over our region. Yes, there's a chance that this won't drop before those are due, but it's something that we can put on our to-do list for next year because it's not going anywhere. We are probably going to continue to run this event, so yes, <laughs> very good. high likelihood. Okay, well, that segues nicely into a question I want to ask you guys. So who are some of the entrepreneurs or businesses that have gone on from Boise Entrepreneur Week to have thriving, successful businesses that you've seen them get their kickstart from the pitch competition? Yeah. Well, so there's actually a really great uh, line here that I'll give whenever I'm talking to sponsors or someone who's asking me about why they should support Entrepreneur Week. And that is every single company who has won one of our pitch competitions is in business today. Every single one. And that is not typical of early stage companies, especially when you're talking five years out. Um, and so, you know, we're very proud. We try and bring them back to Boise every single year and, and network with those. And it's really cool to see that group growing, right? With Rob and last year with Brian and Alexis. And, and so it's just, it's very cool to see this group, you know, really knowing each other and then also growing. And, you know, we can't say enough since Rob's from your region, I'm going to talk about Rob a little bit, right? You know, he's had right. all kinds of manufacturing you know, issues with COVID delaying his seats. And I mean, he talks about this on every podcast he goes on. And it's hilarious to me because every time he sends me like a picture or I see him on something, he's always got that big startup week check, like nailed to the wall behind him. Right. And I'm like, oh, there it is again. You know, he's so <laughs> proud of it. And, you know, I think the very first toilet seat he installed uh, in a commercial setting was at Trailhead in Boise and TM and I race to see who was going to use it first. I text him at like eight in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to beat you there. Right. <laughs> and well, that's so, pretty cool. That's awesome. And so we were, you know, we were really excited that he came up here and made sure that that was the, the first one that he installed in the commercial setting. And, and, you know, I know that members at trailhead appreciate having clean toilets and clean butts. Right. But, um, so anyways, you know, I can't say enough about Rob. He's a cool guy and he certainly, he certainly knows how to work, you know, and he's one of those guys that that's what he preaches, work hard and, and good things happen. And he's yeah. a testament to that. He's been a, a very good example of that. He's definitely a hustler and has not let any of these delays get him down. And it's so fun to see the success that he's having. And so I imagine you guys enjoy that. Just like you said, none of the businesses that have pitched are out of business. Like how exciting is that? Yeah. be able to see this um, growing in Idaho. It's awesome. And some of them are really thriving. I mean, uh, if you, for just a second, I'll talk about Lumini. So Lumini was our winner in 2018. Yeah. Um, they went on to be accepted to um, uh, several accelerators, but they got some funding from, you know, uh, government sources in addition to some private funding. And, and they build a device that can see through walls for first responders and, and military. And, Amazing. you know, I mean, they're, I mean, they're thriving there and they're shipping these things now they've engineered them sitting down their 3d printer was at trailhead for the longest time in the basement. I'd walk down there and you could hear it behind a corner. like printing <laughs> pieces, right? And, uh, you know, and so seeing, seeing again, the effect of helping these companies have a launch point, we were really kind of the first thing that they had done that validated what they were doing was right. Um, you know, after that, um, they went on to be a Y Combinator company. And so that was kind of after the fact, but companies need that shot in the arm from their local ecosystem. It's a big deal to get that first step of validation that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, very, very cool. Okay. So another question, I don't know if you guys are willing to answer this, but what are some of the 
um, exciting businesses or entrepreneurs that are out there that are really getting you guys excited about what they're doing? Would you share or do you have some? Yeah, I'm, I mean, TM probably has a few. I, I have several because in addition to doing vinyl, in addition to running Startup Week, I also, um, the partnership of vinyl uh, does investments. And so we've made, you know, several investments in the last year uh, in Boise. We deployed about $2 million in capital. And so the companies that we're really excited about are Killer Creamery, which makes a uh, zero sugar ice cream. Uh, you can probably get this in your local store almost no matter where you are on the West Coast. Albertsons has them, Fred Meyer has them, QVC as of a few weeks ago has them. Um, and so seeing that company's really meteoric growth in revenue and distribution as, a, again, a food CPG company. Um, we invested earlier this year. We've now invested in two rounds. Uh, so we're really excited about Killer Creamery. We think that's going to be probably the the biggest success story for a CPG here in in Idaho in our market in the next few years. And so, you know, a lot of us are rooting for them. Uh, another one that we're really excited for is a company called Fitted. They build back office software for uh, shoe manufacturers and sporting goods stores or running stores. And so, essentially, they build um, you know pretty smart software that helps. Uh, like a warehousing problem. So if I'm going to your website, uh, I can now order a shoe that you might not actually have like in stock physically in your store, right? But it'll ship directly from the manufacturer. Um, they also, you know, work closely with Nike on making sure that their distribution channels are are really strong with those kind of stores. And so, you know, they're solving a unique problem in the market that uh, no one's really bothered to solve for uh, before. And so I think that's... Um, uh, a really exciting company. The last one I'll mention is one I'm not invested in. And I'm grumpy about it. Uh, it's a company called Gather. Uh, Gather is a software company that builds um, software for funeral homes. Uh, and now it sounds like a little morbid and depressing, but <laughs> what is awesome about Gather and the thing that makes me think they are so exciting of a company is in addition to building like logistical software for the, the back house of a funeral home, they also build a suite of applications for the grieving families. And, you know, now you can share pictures from your phone with each other. You can create a PowerPoint presentation uh, from those pictures. And it's, it's really, it's a really thoughtful way to help people grieve. And I, I am beyond impressed with the way that they've approached that market with the way that they've uh, really taken that as their mission statement is how do you support families who have lost a loved one? Uh, and they're growing like crazy. I mean, I, I don't think funeral homes can get it fast enough. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. We had Brian Wood here um, as a guest um, from Wood Funeral Home. And, you know, the work that they do is so, um, uh, you know, people at their most vulnerable times and, the things that they have to go through. So what an uh, uh, awesome experience or an awesome opportunity to be able to help people through that. And, you know, there's so much on those funeral homes. I think it's, uh, they are an underrepresented um, right. place. And so how great that somebody's paying attention to help them and the families, because well, whether we like it or not, we'll are, we're all going to end up there. And, and that's that's the point that I said. I mean, you know, outside of the kind of the, the touchy and emotional side of all that, if you really think about it, the funeral home industry is an industry that has not been disrupted, right? It's one of the few that technology largely hasn't done anything around. So there's an opportunity there to disrupt that industry. And two, like, it's one of the few services that guaranteed we're all going to use, 
right? Like, I mean, yes, indeed. Like there's, there's no way around it, right? So there's only a few industries that are like that. And that's one of them. And so, you know, it's, I think it's a very smart approach to disrupting that industry. And, and so we're very proud of the gather team here in Boise and Zach Chatterton's the CEO of that company. And, and they're, a, you know, they're a great group. The last thing I'll mention is stuff that's way further up the chain, and you can cut me off at any point here, but I think it's worth celebrating the wins that Idaho and our ecosystem has had this last year. Uh, Count getting acquired by Equifax for almost a billion dollars here in Boise, that's a big deal. Uh, Cradle Point getting acquired for almost, well, an actual billion dollars um, by Ericsson. You know, and Cradle Point's an interesting story because, you know, about 200 employees own stake in that company at its at its acquisition. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, you know, they minted a lot of people who are, are feeling pretty good right now. Good for um, them. And so, you know, I mean, looking at it's not every day that you have, you know, companies like that, especially in Boise, having those kind of exits, you know, truck stop and T-sheets. We know about those. Um, you know, we know Clearwater just filed paperwork to go IPO. And so that's all really important stuff about the health and trajectory of what's happening here in Boise and Idaho. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys. Well, what's the future for BEW? Where do you see this going? Yeah. Well, um, I, I definitely don't want to just bogart the mic here. So Tian, feel free to, to jump in. But the truth is, is that we know what entrepreneurs need. Entrepreneurs need to be supported. They need to know that their ecosystem is going to help them find new markets, help them find funding and help them find talent. Our goals are to to be to continue to supply and help supply uh, those needs to entrepreneurs, whether they're in Boise or the state of Idaho, or in some cases, even regionally. Um, What that means in terms of tactical things around our our event? Well, first and foremost, hopefully this is the last year we're all looking at COVID numbers and trying to keep each other safe, right? Hopefully this is the last year of that. Uh, So... I, you know, I hope 2022 comes around and we get to get back to something a little more normal with, you know, thousands of people coming into downtown Boise to enjoy this event. Uh, but in the interim, you know, we're going to make sure we're supporting entrepreneurs and with the tools that we have. Tim, do you have anything to add to that? I, I, could, I couldn't have said it better than that. Yeah, it, it's really to grow, um, grow the event and, and, and grow the ethos of Entrepreneur Week to make with, you know, t- to make the why work and the why behind this is to make an impact. And so to continue to make that impact right along the lines, what Nick was saying, um, you know, getting, getting more of the state involved and engagement geographically would be a goal for us. And just giving away more money that then in turn helps launch more businesses and hires more people in our own backyards. And so if, if that's a trajectory that we'll find ourselves over the next five years, I'll be a happy camper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I can really see all of us partnering to make that happen for all of the great businesses here and people who have those dreams in Idaho. It's really fun to be a part of that. What's well, a fun right, thing that, oh. that everyone can agree about, right? You can never, no one can ever disagree about supporting entrepreneurs, right? So true, especially and, uh, in you know light of all of the challenges that we've had. You know, we really have felt people rallying around local right. businesses and really trying to help people out. Right. And shameless plug for for all your listeners, if this is something that interests you, um, you know, certainly visit us at boiseentrepreneurweek.org. Our registration link will be up by the time this podcast airs. Um, you know, we're really excited to, to welcome you. We talked a lot about pitch competitions. Of course, the event has, you know, literally tons and tons of events that are just learning how to handle marketing or learning about fundraising or learning about opportunities with SBIR or whatever it is. We do a ton of content 
around how to make you a better entrepreneur. And we're here to support you. So visit us and, and come. Uh, it's a free link. You can register for zero dollars. So uh, it's a lot of fun and, and come join us. Um, are you also looking for sponsors and volunteers? Maybe not for this particular event, but in the future? Always. We, uh, we will never say no to more participation. Um, we're always looking for sponsors to come join us and, and really not just write a check. We want you to bring your expertise, bring your talent, bring your knowledge, you know, bring the muscle of what you do well, because that's what makes us work. Um, and so, of course, and volunteers, absolutely. We're always, especially in other regions of the state, we're always looking for more boots on the ground who can be good advocates and help us organize. Um, any other final words, guys, before I let you go? I just wanted to thank you so much for inviting us on. Um, this is always a ton of fun to do podcasts like these and talk about our ecosystem. And, and, you know, we hear great things about what's going on in Eastern Idaho. And I, it sounds like you're part of the contributing team there. So we're, uh, we're really excited to be able to, to have this kind of outreach. And thanks so much for inviting us. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for having us. And like Nick said, let us know how we can help and partner going forward. I don't know if you're familiar with Tusa McKnight over at Ready. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. So Trailhead, actually, we're part of, in partnership with them and, and others, we are supporting an SBIR, STTR initiative across Idaho. And so that's just sort of a shameless plug, but really to highlight someone in your region and how we're already partnering. But let's do more of that. And yeah. thanks for having us on. Yeah, I love it. Well, Nick and TM, thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing the vision, goals, and great work that Boise Entrepreneur Week is providing for all the businesses in Idaho. Hopefully you'll see more East Idaho Idahoans attending, pitching their ideas and getting involved. It's exciting to see what Idaho is capable of and the future business in Idaho. So thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for automotive repair and maintenance provided with honesty and integrity, please come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Appreciate you being here and we'll see you at the next show. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair for all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho. Let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.